Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey everyone, Jay Kevin McHugh here. Welcome to another episode of Sheer Clarity. Happy to have you here today. And today we're going to kind of finish up our session, our third part on appropriate vulnerability. Today is about how to encourage vulnerability in others and what does that look like? How do you pull that off? What are the benefits to you? Before I do that, I want to introduce my producer, Matthew Passy, who's an integral part of our show. And I'm going to ask him, how do you encourage vulnerability in others, Matthew? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, <laughs> God, I'm not sure if I've ever really come across a situation where I've had to try to encourage vulnerability in others. I'm still working on being vulnerable myself. So I'm here to learn. I'm here to take notes. I'm <laughs> front of the classroom, sitting down, back straight, leg straight. I got to tell the audience, I knew I was going to do that to you. <laughs> Thanks. Because I just wanted you to be vulnerable for a moment. Step one, work with J. Kevin McHugh. <laughs> well, you sidestepped it beautifully. You sidestepped it beautifully. So I will tell you, it's not far off for me to sort of mention Matthew in this category because the two of us are actually in the process right now of some kind of vulnerability exercise of our own. I'm launching a podcast. This is the eighth or ninth episode. Do you know Matthew specifically? Is this number eight? This should be episode nine. Number nine. Okay. So in a nutshell, we put ourselves out there. You're putting your professional skill sets to work as a producer, and I'm putting my professional skill sets to work as a guy who's supposed to have a wealth of knowledge on these topics of leadership by attraction, all my time with CEOs and what I've been doing with coaching them and all this work around openness, vulnerability, emotional intelligence, right? I mean, we're pouring it out. And in the end, we are going to get judged. We're going to have statistics, data telling us basically whether or not this podcast is growing in popularity. It's a pretty easy measurement, right? If it doesn't work, we're both have to admit didn't work. <laughs> Anytime you go down a creative endeavor, you are making yourself vulnerable. But even more so on that, with most of the people that I work with, I am not behind the microphone. I am well behind the scenes. I just do the work and I'm not a part of what actually goes out to the audience. So in a sense, I'm actually more vulnerable because now someone who's thinking about working with me, not only do they get to hear what I do for others, but they're going to hear from me. They're going to learn a lot about me if they're paying attention to the show because you're including me and I'm trying to become more vulnerable, admitting my faults, admitting my shortcomings. And it is a little extra scary on that front, but I'm confident that you will be gentle with my soul. <laughs> I want to admit to the audience that when we got rolling here, I had a conversation with a podcast expert at one of my clients. He does their company's inside podcast and they have two of them. And we were talking about all this and he point blank said to me, he goes, can you tell me in a nutshell, like why you're even doing this? <laughs> I said, yeah, I think I can. I said, number one, I want to download the 
stuff I've acquired in terms of experience and knowledge. I think it's normal. I have other 60 plus 65 year old people that I coach and there's a feeling you have at this time of your life. Hey, I'm on the downhill slope, man. And I've got a lot of stuff and I want to offer it. So that's one. It's just a spirit of giving. But the second part is I've often wanted to be an entertainer. I had this performance gene inside me. I want to just let it rip. And one of my dreams is just perform. Now, I've been a performer in terms of my work. I'm trying to make the needle move. And I've been a performer as a sales guy, as a business guy, and trying to grow a business, all that stuff. But this is a different kind of performance. This has got theatrics to it. We can use our humor. We can use our fun. And we can just kind of let it loose. So I'm sort of letting it all hang out at this final quarter of my life, if you will. And speaking of quarters, make a note, halftime. There's a great model that I want to talk to the listeners about called the halftime model. I segue for 30 seconds. Somewhere between the ages of 45 and 55, most people are beginning to question, how am I doing in my life? It's the metaphor of a football game. You play the first two quarters, then you go into the locker room for 20 minutes. And during that locker room experience, you're sort of checking out the scoreboard, looking at the injury report, looking at the game plan. Is it working? Is it not? Am I ahead? Am I behind? And then we're making adjustments. Before you know it, somebody's knocking on the door going, okay, showtime. Everybody got to strap on this cold helmet, get your kinks out of your body, which is tightening up. You got to go back on the field. You got a whole nother half to play. And I just use the analogy for myself, 65 going forward, I'm in the final quarter, right? I'm assuming I'm going to make it to 90-ish. I'm giving myself the opportunity to go that far. Anyway, back to our dream state. So I'm letting it rip. I'm trying to have fun, trying to perform, trying to share and download experience and wisdom if I have any of that. And ultimately, I just want the people who I am affecting and who are listening to be better leaders, be more effective with the people that they go back and lead. So I'll stop there. That was just a little riff, just getting this out there. I do know from a vulnerability perspective, just as you're admitting what you've got, I'm sort of encouraging that for you. And I want to tell people a little bit more about how to encourage that where they are, what they're doing, and how they do it with others. But I also wanted to tell, the audience, there's another vulnerability I have here. I'm a solo pilot guy. When I started this business, I think I was 35. I couldn't keep a real job, so I had to work for myself. But I've had opportunities over the years. People wanted to partner up or they wanted to collaborate. And I've always sort of defaulted to, nah, I think I'll keep it simple. I'm just going to do my own thing. And at this time in my life, I encountered you and sort of had this awakening to I don't have to do this alone. I don't have to do this solo. And I want to share the spotlight. I can't do this without you. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have to figure all this stuff out that you do behind the scenes. I'm happy to have an expert at the other end of this. And then without too much thought about it, we just realize my energy goes up when you're on the other end of the microphone as opposed to me trying to run this podcast by my own, on my own energy. So I'm sort of collaborating is a moment of vulnerability. If it doesn't work, that wasn't a good decision. Or I had to make a judgment that you're the right guy to do this with. So far, so good, right? <laughs> so, I hope so. <laughs> it's been awesome. It's, it's been, been a lot of fun. I'll say that much. <laughs> no, it's awesome. So anyway, enough of that for now. Let's talk about how you encourage vulnerability in the people who work for you. So 
let's just start with something pretty old school. It's called walk the talk. You don't have to say anything to them. You just be it. By the way you walk and the way you talk, you are the model of what appropriate vulnerability is. The moment a boss begins to share appropriate vulnerabilities, it automatically sends a signal to everyone else, wow, this is different, this is better, this is okay, I love this guy, he actually appears human. I don't mean guy, it could be man or woman. It all is the same human dynamic. People want to feel connected with their direct supervisor. And one of the finest, most powerful ways to do that is to demonstrate some degree of vulnerability, which is appropriate in a workplace setting. You are not trying to be wrapped up in a coat of armor. Just the tiniest little things that let people see your personality, let people see your humanity, let people see when your heart sings. Showing a picture of one of the kids at baseball or a play or whatever, that's a moment, right? And when I get into these work environments where I've got one of these cold-hearted bosses who just doesn't let anything personal show, doesn't let anything even remotely resembling vulnerability happen. People just don't know how to connect with my boss. I don't feel a connection. And that actually changes the quality of how they experience coming to work. If you want them to come to work excited, enthusiastic, they can't wait, it's because you are probably the number one reason why they would be excited. By the way, all of that shows up in Gallup. Gallup has been doing a ton of research for a long, long time about employee engagement. That's the term, the popular term. Peter Drucker in 1950 called it participatory management. Same issue, same topic. What causes people to be fully engaged in their work? The number one element that Gallup finds that has an influence, like 10 times any other element, is the relationship with the supervisor, your direct boss. It's a simple, simple lead by example. Every aspect of what you do as a leader is setting a good example for the people who work with you and who work for you and who work under you and all those different things. You have to lead by example. And just as a reminder, if you're coming to this show in this episode, we're in episode nine, and you want a better understanding of appropriate vulnerability, what it is, why, and how do you begin to understand it in yourself, Go back and check out episodes seven and eight. And if you're just coming to us now, I mean, go all the way back to the beginning. There's a ton of good stuff to learn, but certainly on this topic, make sure you catch seven and eight before going all the way through with nine. It's pretty obvious, but most of the good stuff is obvious. The main things are the plain things. So just I'm restating, if you want to encourage this vulnerability, you better practice it yourself. You can't make it happen if you're not there to lead it. Now, with that said, how else can you encourage vulnerability in the workplace with people? One of my favorite questions in any meeting that is about trying to hit the goal, trying to solve a problem, trying to get some new thing off the ground and happening, right, is to ask people vulnerability-style questions. What are you worried most about with respect to where we are with this project, this problem, this issue? 
What's keeping you up at night? What's concerning you? Make people aware that it's okay to voice those elements which normally are in the vulnerability category. I don't know if we have enough money in the budget. I'm not sure if we this. I'm unclear about that. It feels like it's taking too long in order to come. All of those things are statements that put you at some risk, at some exposure, because you're admitting we're not quite sure, we're not quite confident. So oh, there you have it. In the end, I'm saying as a technique to encourage vulnerability, explicitly ask vulnerability-based questions as a regular part of your business dialogue. Where are we exposed? Where are you most worried? Where are you most concerned? What's keeping you up at night? Let's look at and be honest, proactively encouraging it. So we've talked about two ways so far. One is to model the vulnerability. Another one is to ask questions that are vulnerability category questions about fears and anxieties and concerns. Then I'll give this third one and maybe tease this out a little bit more. I think it's the wise leader who sets up conditions, specific times in specific places for people to share stories. Storytelling is an important part of learning about people and their vulnerabilities. Having meetings, it might be a monthly meeting and you might have a particular update meeting and at the end of the meeting, we're gonna set aside an hour. What's the hour for? The hour is the meeting on tell us how you're doing. How's the rest of your life going? And everybody has a five to seven minute update to talk about how's life going. Some clients, we actually start their weekly update meetings. It's two minutes per person. Before we even get to the business topic, might be eight people in the room. It's two minutes per person. It takes you 16 minutes. It's, so what's your biggest challenge? And what's your biggest gratitude since we last got together last week? What happened in the last week that made you smile? What's happened in the last week that made you sad? What it does is it starts this personal connection. And just what makes you smile, that's usually easy. What made you sad? Again, easy. These don't have to be earth-shattering kinds of equations. Yeah, Emily was in the play and she forgot her lines and she started to cry, right? That's my two minutes. That was my sadness. But what it's doing is it's getting us in a rhythm. Imagine our normal rhythm a year from now when the same eight people have had these small snippets of what's been happening in each other's lives. It creates a connection. It creates a team. It creates a feeling of caring all of which comes from these tiny little vulnerability moments. Let me ask you this question. Try this out for yourself. Take a look at the last week or so. What's one of your high smile moments? And what was a moment that maybe made you a little sad? Ooh, that's a really good question. High smile moments. We record these a little in advance of when we're here. So I was recently at that podcasting conference sat down, had a mic set up. I was recording some podcast episodes for another show that I do. And one of the guests coming on, someone who I like and who I respect in the space, we did a conversation. And at the end, he said, it's a really good show. 
I wasn't looking for his validation. I didn't necessarily need it to go forward with it, but it felt really good for someone who I like and respect and who is highly regarded in the space to pay a compliment to what I was doing. Perfect. What made me a little sad? Well, there was something else that I was doing while I was at that conference related to my business, and the response was not as warm or as positive as I was hoping. I went down there with the idea of selling a certain product to the community and and just didn't quite hit the sales goals that I had in mind for it. So for a moment, that made me question whether or not that was the right venue or the right product or if I had been focusing on the right thing while I was there. So while I went down there with intention one and didn't quite accomplish that, while I was there, I thought, well, let me also do this other piece. And then I got the validation of that other piece, which felt kind of good. So kind of happy and sad over pretty much the same thing. (laughs) It's okay. And it works. But just in the moments, I'm here listening to you and I'm smiling to myself because we didn't rehearse this. No, you put me right on the spot. (laughs) He's going to do that a lot, folks. Just get ready, by the way. (laughs) Anybody who knows me, who's known me over the years, that's like my signature thing. Even my poor family. They're like, hey, dad, any chance we could just have like a hangout dinner tonight without any of your freaking deep questions. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't do it anyway. I'll tell you my quick happy moment in the moment that made me smile. My son is a great guy. I mean, I love and enjoying him and I do all my kids, but he's an ex NFL football player. He's actually played in Super Bowl 43 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's got a ring. There was one time when I was offering him some support and advice and I got a text back from him and he goes, you know, you're actually a wise old man. And it it made me smile. You know, compliments don't come from Sean that often because he's a hardworking guy. And because of his sports career, everything was performance-based. And even if you did an amazing job, he goes, you shouldn't be looking for applause. You just did your job. Go back to work. You know, so (laughs) it made me smile. The sad moment I had was in the news, there was a plane crash in Florida and five people went down. It was a private plane and there were several lawyers from a law firm in Palm Beach area. And one of those lawyers was one of my stepson and my daughter-in-law's friends. They live on the same street several doors down and they would hang out every day and their daughters and little kids would run around together. And it just like quickly as a bang, it just suddenly life and it's fragility was brought right up into focus. And you could see the horror, the terror, the pain. And they just saw another news. They interviewed his wife and he had sent her a text saying, we are having engine issues. We're having problems. And I don't know if we're going to go down. And I just want to tell you, I love you. Tell the girls I love them. And she was sobbing on the camera. She was telling this story. So that was my story that gave me the sad moment. I'm a little choked up. If you just take this, and we can start wrapping this up here now, and we're wrapping up the whole vulnerability piece, this idea of you encouraging it others, you must model it first. If you listen to the other two episodes, we talk a little bit about how you can get in touch with your own vulnerability. You can't do and encourage others until you have done it. Then you can model it. Then you can do these brief exercises in traditional business meetings. Just ask what the vulnerabilities of the day are about the assignment, the project, the challenge, the problem. 
And then you have this third way, which is don't be afraid to introduce moment like this little exercise, a smile and a sad during the last week. Because what happens is if six people or seven people or eight people, you shared yours, yours was about something that happened in your podcast world and you were smiling and sad almost at the same thing. I tell you my story and all of a sudden I introduce a story that has a whole nother dimension that makes you think, well, this kind of habitual sort of connectivity with moments where our hearts are engaged, hearts are exposed, and we see life together. If there's anything I've ever seen cement a team and create carry, that's what it is. And that's the power of vulnerability. So I'll leave it there. Next episode, what we'll do is we'll sort of put a big bow around these last five or six episodes and sort of integrate what it's trust, what is honesty, and what is appropriate vulnerability. And with that, I'll say thank you, Matthew, for allowing yourself to be put on the spot. You did great. Yeah, hopefully I've recovered in time. And thank you, Jake Evan McHugh, for sharing all that and for what you've been doing so far. This has been an incredible launch to the series on Sheer Clarity. If, as you've been listening to this, you have comments, or more importantly, maybe you have questions about your leadership, about yourself, that you want Kevin to address in future episodes, head over to sheerclarity.com. At the bottom of the main page, we'll have a very simple form. It'll allow you to send us those questions, those comments. We will take all of your feedback very, very seriously. And we'll try to answer as many questions as possible in future episodes of the show. So bottom of sheerclarity.com, connect with us, let us know what you're thinking about and what we can address in future episodes. In the meantime, while you're there, check out show notes to all the episodes we've done so far. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your podcast products and connect with us on social media, primarily LinkedIn, but there will also be some Twitter and Instagram. You'll also find just a host of other incredible resources that maybe we haven't discussed here on the show yet, but they will help you gain sheer clarity as you become the consummate leader by attraction. Again, it's all at sheerclarity.com. If you're not sure how to spell it, it's S-H-E-E-R-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y, sheerclarity.com. He's J. Kevin McHugh. I'm Matthew Passy, and we look forward to seeing you next week on Sheer Clarity.